He turned the volume down on the wireless. I say, Beth, what's happening at the drama club? Are the Cavendish thespians coming out to play? Her eyes lit up. Oh, yes. She had lived in Boston for the first 15 years of her life, and although she'd called England home for the last 30 summers, a faint accent remained. She closed her magazine. While you've been organising Halloween and Guy Fawkes Night, we've set a first rehearsal date for the Devil Incarnate. <laughs> I have to say that it doesn't sound particularly seasonal. No, it doesn't, does it? She reached for her tea. Trouble is, they're all a little bored with doing pantomime, which I guess is a shame. I mean, that is more in keeping with Christmas. James had to admit that pantomime was a great deal of fun and, of course, a wonderfully British affair. Where else would people dress as the opposite sex and encourage so much audience participation? Shame, he mused. I quite like seeing everyone make a fool of themselves. Well, we're leaving pantomime to the children this year. They want their own shows, so the grown-ups are going supernatural. And it's been written by a local. Well, who's our budding playwright? Mrs. Jepson's husband. What? Our cleaner, Mrs. Jepson. That's the one. He sat down opposite her in a roomy armchair and placed his hot chocolate on the table. Won't the vicar mind that we're performing devilish acts in the village hall? Beth grimaced. I'm not sure he knows. They only moved in yesterday. He and his wife are calling in later for afternoon tea. She opened a stylish cigarette box. Cigarette? As he reached over and selected one, the doorbell rang. Once at first, then urgently. James expressed surprise. Are we expecting anyone? Beth looked equally perplexed. She went through to the hallway while James stoked the fire. A few seconds later, Beth ushered an anxious Mrs Jepson into the lounge. She held a cotton hanky in one hand and clutched a small brown handbag in the other. Her face was flushed and her greying auburn hair was tangled as she wrenched her hat off. Oh, Lord Harrington, she said in a gentle Sussex lilt. I'm sorry to bother you, sir, and your ladyship too, but I'm so worried, see? Behind her, James saw Beth roll her eyes. Their cleaner had a tendency to worry over nothing, but he thought he'd better give her the benefit of the doubt and motioned for her to sit down. He's not there, you see. He's always there, always has been. Her fingers clenched her bag tight. Mrs J, who are we talking about? Well, Mr Grimes. Alec Grimes? Grimes Farm? That's him. She pushed her hanky into her bag, pulled out a fresh one from her coat pocket and blew her nose. Beth joined her on the sofa... Oh, Mrs. Jepson, why are you getting so upset? He's probably in one of the fields. It's a busy time for farmers. I've been helping Mr. Grimes for years. Oh, just a spot of cleaning, you know. Every Monday morning I go there, ten o'clock, rain or shine. I'm always there and he's always in. Now he was in at eight because my John saw him, although they did have words. Not sure what about, but anyway, he was in. 
James studied the tip of his cigarette. But he wasn't in when you arrived. That's right. Dead on ten o'clock it was. No sign of him, and the door was open. And did you go in? Mrs Jepson fiddled with her bag. Well, I didn't like to at first. I mean, it's not right, is it, walking around someone's house uninvited? But I was worried, see. Beth gave her a reassuring smile. And what happened? Well, nothing. That's why I'm worried. There's half a mug of cold tea on the kitchen table and his breakfast is half eaten. There's no note to say where he's gone. James made a beeline for the cocktail cabinet and prepared a small whisky. Nothing like a twelve-year-old malt to settle the nerves. He poured a small measure into a crystal tumbler. Fact is, Mrs J, he could be anywhere.